0: The U.S. defense industry is large, complex, and competitive. It is also lucrative for those companies able to navigate it successfully. The American Society of Military Comptrollers helps bridge the gap between the boardroom and the battlefield while supporting transformation in the defense sector. The Business of Defense podcast brings you inside the companies working to achieve this directly from the business leaders and to understand how they create value for their companies and their customers. For more information on ASMC, visit asmconline.org. Testing, testing.
1: No, no. <laughs> you don't need to do all that one. Yeah, you're comfortable with this kind of talking here perfect. righty, Welcome to the Fish Nerds. It's a celebration of fish. Fishing and eating fish. That is always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm the snorkelmeister of the North American Native Fishes Association. And here are the nerds.
0: And I'm Clay Groves. Anything is fair game. It's a good bet that learning about conservation will make me into a liberal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm Andrew Lewin from Speak Up for Blue podcast. uh, And I'm a marine ecologist that is trying to make people live for a better ocean and I'm having a darn time doing. it. I'm having fun doing it, man. I can't. I can't tell you enough. This is a great time.
0: Yeah, it's good. And I, I came across you. I don't even know how I found you or you found me, but it was somewhere we our paths craft, crossed online. Yeah. And I, and I found your show, and I totally like what you're doing and what you're all about. I mean, this whole idea of conservation. And a lot of people say, "But you kill fish. How can you be a conservationist?" <laughs> and I say, "Good point. I don't yeah, know yeah, how that
2: works, but I am." You know, I'll <laughs> tell you though, Clay. I'll you know what the some of the best conservationists that i've met have been recreational fishermen mm-hmm. or fish i should say um, they have cuz cuz you're you're out there right and i right? put the, in the love you in the fishing I'm wrecking it. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so don't say that. Yeah, man. Oh no! <laughs> I put the wreck in the but recreational fish. But in.
2: you know what's funny is like, um, uh, you know, the, there's a guy Wallace J Nichols. He's a he's a PhD. He's been around. He does sea turtle biology, and he, he's written a book called Blue Mind, and it's all about you know being being around the ocean, being around the water, how it makes you feel good. And and I'll tell you, like, you got surfers, fisher fishing community, fishing people, um, the scuba divers. They're all out in the ocean and they're just having a great time and they they tend to be some of the best conservationists and most aware conservationists you've ever seen because you guys see everything right see you guys everything. are out there all the time
0: we're out there we're in the mix and here's the thing about fishermen fishermen are positive hopeful people and here's my theory on this all right uh, and i'm a big ice fisherman that's my my okay. fa- I'm, a, I'm a fishing guide ice fishing guide is my favorite Sport. I, uh, if it was icy year-round and I could just go on the ice every day and fish, I I'd be so happy. Eh? I love the cold. I love the ice. Nice. But think about this. You're on a 100-acre lake. Right. You drill a six-inch hole and you drop a, a string down that hole. <laughs> the amount of hope in that yeah. one spot, yeah. you know, that's not a negative action. That's an action of hope and promise. And
2: Absolutely. You
0: know, what I, mean? I always say we bait our hooks with hope. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what? I don't know if I would have the patience for that. Oh. Like well. I, I've, I've never been ice fishing. I've, I do want to go at some point, uh, but I've never had the patience. And, and I'll tell you, it, you know, one of the interesting things, I, w- I did some work up in the Arctic a, uh, a, a bunch of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was working with uh, a Inuvialuit uh, guy and, and uh, he was great. And I was talking to him like, hey, how's the fishing up here? And he's like, oh, man, he goes, the fishing is the best. He goes, I go, I, I, I hike out to, you know, close to the ocean, the, especially in the wintertime. I'll drill ice and I'll catch, you know, Arctic char, like oh, massive Arctic char. Like, I'm like, well, how many do you get? He's like, I usually get like 20, 25. And I'm like, yeah, That's yeah. And a lot. Like,
0: That's a lot of fish. Yeah, yeah well, wow. of
2: course. And he goes and then he brings it back and he feeds his village, That's right? Amazing. So he brings it back, he feeds his family, and then he gives it to the elders to feed the village. And I'm just like, at first I didn't believe him. I didn't believe, I was like, okay, you know, everybody exaggerates a little bit. So I'm like, but even 10, Arctic char. I'm like, those are massive fish. These aren't like little juveniles. These are like the big ones. And you're just, and he's like, that's unbelievable. I'm like, I'll take that fishing any day. Sure. Where I'm, I know I'm going to catch it, I'm going to be happy. Right. Because <laughs> I don't and, know if and, I have patience for that.
0: I mean, I, I, I don't have patience for not catching fish. Right. Um, <laughs> like, I, I do not, I went out the other day fishing uh, on, a, on a big glacial lake here in New Hampshire, Right. Not, not the big one, not Winnipesaukee, but uh, and uh, which is uh, formed by a bunch of ring dykes. It's, a, it's got a volcanic ring around it, which is amazing. Oh, so it's yeah. really just, sh- just a deep circle. And yeah. uh, I don't know what it was. Uh, we, I, I have a, one of those Fitbit watches on. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I walked 10 miles of that lake wow. drilling, drilling holes and caught two fish. Oh. Uh, and, and I'm using high-tech Ugh. equipment to find the fish. I have sonars. I know where they live. Right like, before, like I drill the hole and I look in the hole with the, with the electronics. I'm like, "There's a fish there," and no matter what, I couldn't pay for a bite. It was terrible. Oh,
2: they're and just they just beat you that day.
0: They beat me. They don't usually win. Um, but that day, right. that day, I don't know if it was the you know high pressure system or the full moon or the north yeah. wind or whatever excuse someone had bananas on them. Something went wrong. <laughs> And I didn't catch any fish, and (laughs) uh, in fact, I I, I was so mad, and I need to defeat that lake now. But it's it's (laughs) it's frustrating. I like catching fish, but I also I'm I'm like you, I I'm I'm impatient. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't tell people why I like catching fish, though it doesn't make any sense. Because I catch these fish, I take a photo, I put them back in the water. Most of the time, ninety percent of the time. And, and I would
2: say, would yeah. you say that's most, most recreational fishermen, unless they're looking for dinner or something like that?
0: I would say most. Let them go. Yeah. There's a good handful of old school fishermen who need to get their limit every day. Their goal, okay. catch and kill, as many as are allowed by law to kill. I, I, I get it in a way. Yeah. I don't get it in a lot of other ways. I have a problem with right. people who just, if, if you're feeding your family, cool. But if your yeah, goal yeah, yeah, is yeah. just limiting out, um, it's within the law. Yeah, but it makes but me it's, uneasy. but
2: ethi- ethically is it is it really what you need to is
0: do? It, well, I mean especially if you're limiting out let's say on, on a on a big lake trout, which is a, mm-hmm. a big togue and they are yeah, like they're char basically. Mm-hmm. They're huge. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the average, you know, you eighteen to keep, eighteen inches to keep um average size about twenty two inches, and to get that big, you're about nine year old to get a fish nine year old fish. And that's an old fish. Yep, and they're slow growing, and I feel it, I don't feel good about killing that fish. Yeah, I know you what know, you mean, especially
2: I, the limit every time you go out too, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now a
0: nine-inch yellow perch, well, that's right. Who cares? There's, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, like it's, they, they, they that's a few years old, and there's thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of them. So I, I you know, yeah. and plus they don't taste good. Yellow perch are delicious, and trout aren't as good. So
2: true. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, though. I think I think. um You got to look at it in in that sort of way where you look at it in in a responsible fashion, you know, and and, and use some common sense, you know, and and, and like, look, if you're if you're going to fish to the max, uh, these older fish, slow growing fish, then eventually, especially if more people do it, eventually there's going to be a loss because there's nothing being put back. There's nothing being put back Mm -hmm. and you're going to go after the larger fish, the largest fish. And then, of course, yeah, you're going to take the trophies out so then the next generation that's going to spawn are going to be the smaller ones mm-hmm. and it's all genetics from there right so yeah. you're not going to get as big a fish and they're just you know especially if you take out the big females and and, and it's just it gets lower and lower and lower until they're basically gone or they're not worth the catch yeah. and then people complain and then they'll complain to the government and say what'd you do with my fish
0: exactly well yeah. New Hampshire's really great too we have a uh, trophy fish program uh, with a catch and release category right so you catch a big trophy fit, fish measure it Take a photo and release it. You can still get your trophy patch without killing it. In a lot of states, to get the trophy patch, you have to kill the fish and bring it to a biologist, confirm the species. It's a big to do, so that's nice. But for state records, you've got to kill them. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, and that's the thing, right? And you see that with, uh, you know, you see that with big sharks like mako's and stuff like that Uh, who want the record, and you're mm -hmm. just like, God
0: damn! Well, (laughs) you you, you know, have you ever? I don't. You don't fish. But have you? I, 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 I once was involved in, in hunting and killing a Mako. And okay. before I went, I called the main uh, Department of Fisheries and whatever, and I checked in with them and said, look, we're going to go out and make shark fishing. If yeah. we get a big Mako, is it okay fish to, to keep? Is it within the law? Is it sustainable? Right, right. And they were like, oh, yeah, go for it. Have a great time. And we're like, cool, we went okay. for it and had a great time. And but we caught this huge fish and it was a I mean, one of our best episodes. We caught it live. We were recording an episode. Oh, on the really? Boat. We had a podcast nice. recording going. Caught the big thing, beautiful fish. I let we had a uh, one of our listeners got to come with us and catch it, and we would let him decide if it lived or died. We right. get we get back in the dock as a biologist. They're measuring it, taking samples. We fed about twenty five people. <laughs> you know these giant right. steaks of mako shark. Of course. I go on public radio the week after and like the conservationists come out of the walls at me mm. and I'm like, Oh, and they taught me all kinds of stuff. I didn't know about Mako shark. And so I thought I was mm-hmm. doing an okay thing. And now knowing what I know, I won't kill another Mako shark. If I'm feeling the urge to eat shark, it's going to be a dogfish, something that right. there's thousands and thousands, thousands of them, you know what I mean? That don't reproduce so slowly. So, right. you know, we can learn. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, yeah. and that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like a lot of the times, a lot, some of these fish were just learning. Yeah, and and to be honest, it's the reason why I started speak up for blue. Now, I don't say that I know everything. No, but you right? know some stuff. I, but I know some stuff. I know the yeah. basics, and and well, the reason why I started speak up for blue was because even my friend, family, and friends didn't know the basics, and I was like, wait a minute.
0: Well, you know, people uh, I'm, are I'm, fish I'm, stupid overall. I mean, most they, people they are, don't but they're,
2: know they're, stuff. they're they're ocean stupid. They don't yeah. realize. And and I was too before I got educated on it. But I just spent like you know, well, my parents spent a lot of money for me to get educated into this. But on the regular basis, if you think especially now, there's so much to learn. Um, but we all get distracted by you know, what, what Kim Kardashian is wearing today. Well, right, so, I so mean, we got, to be we got honest, better things. To be honest, to worry
0: about, right? It's <laughs> worth worrying about um what she's wearing and it's and it's fun <laughs> to notice it. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, so. I can I can see that to a point, but yeah. you know, it, it, I guess you know what what was happening is I had you know people of of all different backgrounds. I you know I've got a lot of a lot of different friends from from everywhere, and they didn't know they didn't know what was going on in the ocean. And, and you know you'd see them drinking a plastic water bottle, and you're just like, do I tell them? Do I not tell them? Oh. And they'd ask, you know, they'd be like, oh, you know, I've got this plastic, you know, do you want some water? I'm like, no, I don't drink out of plastic water bottles. They're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, I live in Toronto. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. I'm like I got the best water in the world.
0: No, you do Out don't. of the tap, we have the best. You know,
2: <laughs> all right, you have the yeah. best. So now we have a competition. We do. Uh, but you know, but I'm like this, that water is like you know. Oh, they say it's from Guelph, which is like a little town just just north of here. And I'm like, so it's Guelph. It's Guelph water. It's, it's a, tap water. we got we got Lake Ontario water. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like it's just it's just you know it's it's there's nothing special about it all it is it's just convenient because it's in this little plastic bottle that's really bad for the environment. I am and it, I, and it, I,
0: I can't tell you how shocked I am that bottled water is a thing and that it costs yes. more than soda. I it yeah. blows my mind. Now where yep. I live in North Conway, New Hampshire, uh, our groundwater is Poland Spring. In fact, okay. one town over is where the Poland Spring pumps their water out of the groundwater. There's no spring called Poland Spring. It's just right. water. But right. which is the most? It's the biggest water company on you know in the country right now. Right, right. And they just pump it out and bottle it for dollar fifty a bottle. And I'm and I'm, yeah. I'm with you. I don't I, I don't drink out of plastic bottles either. Unless well, I have one for reusing, like a nice. Okay, yeah. One, yeah. But I, I don't. I refuse. And even if I'm at an event and there's bottled water everywhere, I won't even touch it. I just. I won't, won't touch. I it. won't touch it. People put it in front of me. I'm like, no, sorry.
2: No, I'm, and I, I'll yeah. tell you, I'm the same way with plastic bags at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, I'll have my reusable bags, but sometimes I forget. Paper. Right. But, yeah. And, well, we don't even get – we don't have paper. So they don't – you know, there's, there's no paper or plastic here anymore when they offer it. It's just it's – just, uh, they just offer plastic. And you have to pay for it. Um, But, you know, I just I just buy like these cloth reusable bags. We have a bunch. Yeah. We and get, we, we have just keep it in true. our trunk, right? But sometimes I forget to bring them in the store. Mm-hmm. So – and I'm like, oh, I forgot my bags. And so the cashier is like, oh, do you want me to just put plastic? And I'm like, no. no.
1: They're like,
2: what do you mean? I'm like, no, I'll just – I'll just put it in my trunk like that, and they're like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm not taking plastic, and then I'll tell them why. Yeah. And I said, I'm like, it's not not a damper on you, but I'm trying to, you know, I'm just trying to re- reduce single use plastic. Like, oh, that's such a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I say it out loud, I used to thought, I used to think, oh, I'm being such an like a, I'm doing such an, a bump. Like, why am I doing this? You know, they to, I'm going to make people feel bad. But then people behind me mm-hmm. start saying, oh, you know, what's a good idea. And I've actually seen people actually buy. On the spot, reusable bags that's just in the you know, just the front with all the magazines and stuff. Yep. There's usually a couple and they just come up and then I've seen people actually buy it after. So I was like, well, maybe I should say it a little more often because you know the the is like, oh, you know, how do you know so much about the ocean? And I'm like, Oh, I'm a marine biologist. And then so once you say you're a marine biologist, you know, and after you get over the whole George Costanza, you're a marine mm-hmm. biologist kind of thing, once you get over that joke, People take you. People take you seriously. Well, you get street, you get
0: credibility with that. You do. So, yeah. yeah,
2: for sure. And uh, and so so they start listening. And, and I've had conversations based on that. So I started speaking up about that. And that's kind of like where I I got the idea for Speak Up for Blue is just people need to know. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the, the the biggest the biggest impediment in conservation is getting people to listen.
0: Well, and 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 well probably because a lot of the conservationists out there are speaking at people and not to people. Yeah. They're yelling Absolutely. over them. They're making them feel bad and oh. people don't need to be made to feel bad. They need to nope. learn stuff and the feeling pad will come on <laughs> all by itself
2: well so, yeah because i mean yeah. it does it gets depressing like i started a youtube channel a few years ago when i started speak up for blue and it was just me talking about news and some of the things and you know i had a friend who, who came up to me who is but the gym owner that i was at the gym and she was like yeah i started watching them but then i got too depressed i stopped watching and so i realized i'm like I can't do that then. I can't just talk about the issues. I have to talk about the positive things. I have to mm-hmm. talk about the cool things. And that's where the podcast idea came up, whereas I can speak it and I can really show the passion behind that I have it. So a lot of the times I'll cover a story of like a new species that was discovered and say how oh, how cool this is. And then every once in a while I'll slip in an issue because we still have to talk about the issues. Sure, But then you've got to you know filter it in with like some really cool – you know new things yeah. you know and 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 uh and that's what's good and and so you learn that as as a science communicator um there's a big sort of movement in in the in this marine science and conservation field is let's communicate better mm-hmm. let's talk to people better and really engage with them and you, and there's a couple of sites dot com, I'm not sure if you know them no i don't um uh, DeepSeaNews.com com is a great site. It's all about obviously deep sea stuff, but they're great. They are uh, not only are they scientists, um, they they're they're scientists from all over the country, sometimes from Canada, yeah. um, uh, and. Uh, and and the 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 chief editor Dr. Craig McClain, um he works down in Louisiana now, uh, but he's just a scientist who has fun and he, they kind of they write blogs and like it's they're short but they talk about like some some pretty cool things but they'll myth us a lot of times they they've got really good um, traction a few years ago when they they went after the Fukushima people mm-hmm. the alarmists that were talking about how you know there was a map that was shared about Fukushima how I the radiation remember. was leaking yeah yeah it ended up being like a sea surface temperature map. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, and the ironic thing is, is a guy that sh- the person who ended up sharing it that I knew was a climate change denier. Well, I was going to say the so, same
0: people who believe that garbage will right will not re- believe the real data on climate. So it's right. Uh, but
2: if you you know if you see a map and it has like NOAA under it and somebody has changed the title, yeah, how are you supposed to know? Right. It's that fake news kind of thing where you're just like, wait a minute. So
0: So that's why I always say always fake news before it was called fake news,
2: fake news. And that wasn't me. This this is deep sea news that did it. And they were they had like they had like a a series showing like why it's so good. And they talked about all the different points. And they had like there was a you know, one of the things that was really going bad was the starfish that had this um, that were just wasting away uh, in the Pacific. And there people were saying, oh, it's because of the cesium that was in there from Fukushima but it had nothing to do with the season. I mean, it was actually called fish wasting disease and it had to do with a, a bit of climate change and a bit of bacteria and all this kind of stuff. So they had an expert from the Smithsonian on starfish, put a blog out and Christopher Vermont and he, he kind of annihilated that, that myth. And you're just like, this is amazing. Like and he they do it in a fun way. It's, it's really entertaining to, to listen to. It's awesome. Um, another, another, uh, uh, Website is southernfriedscience.com. Have you ever heard of those guys? Yes, I've heard.
0: Southernfriedscience.com. Science. Yeah,
2: Southern Fried Science. So that's uh, Andrew David Thaler. Uh, David Schiffman writes there. Chris Parsons writes there. Uh, Actually, David Schiffman just completed his PhD on uh, recreational shark fishing. Oh, wow. And sort of see how people approach recreational shark fishing and conservation. Really good, interesting PhD. It's available online. If you actually go to a recent post, I'll send you the link afterwards so you can post it for your for uh, for your group uh, and your listeners. But uh, he talked about thirty seven things he learned through his thesis about. Uh, sort of the surveys that he did. He couldn't and just I, round it
0: to
2: he, 40, you know. No, you got to go with a blog. You know, you know this. You've yeah. got to go an odd number, right? Like yeah. 482 reasons why I love fish, right? Yep. That's that's yep. why you got to do it. It's never an even number.
0: 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 17 and a half things that will shock you about fish <laughs> and a half a thing you already knew. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: Uh, that's fantastic. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, I think your show's great. And I, like I said, well, thank I, you. I. I'm glad I stumbled across it somehow, and I'm glad we connected. Yeah. Um, all the links you just gave me, I just already put in the show notes, so those will show up. dot Com. Awesome. Um, so, how long have you been doing the show?
2: I've been doing it for just over a year and a half.
0: Over a year and a half, and that's yeah, that's, I started. A long I, time.
2: It's a long time. I've been. This is the first thing I've stuck on. Uh, I've stuck with for a while. Uh, with Speak Up for Blue, just because I love it so much. Yeah. I started off by doing an interview once a week mm-hmm. for about. 12 weeks. And uh and then I was like, "You know what? I had a friend who came who who contacted me. He was like, "Hey, I want to help you out with this." I'm like, "Great." Um so we started doing some episodes together and we did it we went to 5 days a week for about 4 months, but I work a full-time job mm-hmm. and doing that, I just couldn't with it. So now I do it 3 times a week. Um, so I do like a solo one. It's kind of like a motivation one, or I'll talk about um, some different things. Talk about, say, like now, and a lot of my listeners are from the U.S., so I'll mm-hmm. do a lot of U.S. things just to so that they they uh, understand what we talk about. And right. then you got so you know, to convert metric
0: to standard, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: Which I still, yeah, I, I still have trouble with that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, but I'll talk. Like, like the big thing is like on the solo yeah. ones. The one I just talked about this Monday was you know new incoming president, new administration, climate change deniers. How's that? can affect science from now on, that kind of thing, you know, take away the rest of the politics, but let's just talk about, let's just focus on how do we move forward? Mm -hmm. Um, So, and then sometimes it's just like, Hey, you know, how do you make your lunches, you know, in the, you know, to go to work, you know, do you use plastic? Do you not like how, what, what kind of, you know, here's some suggestions and stuff like that. Or I'll talk about some big news that's happened. Wednesdays is usually an interview with a, with a conservationist or scientist that um, I think are doing fantastic work. Um, and that includes everybody. It's not just a scientist. It could be anything, anybody uh, who I just think is amazing and I'll have them on the show. And then Friday, I do an Ocean Talk Friday where I, I team up with somebody. Uh, I'd love to have you on, by the way. Oh, I'd be happy uh, to, yeah. That'd, that'd be fun. And um, and we just, we pick like four four articles that, like four news stories that happened that week and we just talk about them. It could be anything from a discovery of a new species to some some politics or you know, in the last few months, Obama will designate a new marine protected area, and you're like, "Let's talk about it. and Why it's so important and that kind of stuff." So, uh, give opinions sometimes good, sometimes bad. You know, so uh, so that's yeah, that's how I kind of format the show, and it's been working so it's been working fairly well lately. It's starting to catch on now, as you know, it takes a while for it to catch on, and then people are starting to discover the show and go on back episodes and listen to more episodes.
0: Yeah, that's how that's how it comes down. It really kind of grows very very slowly, but you build a reputation, right. and the more you do yeah. it. And more people will go to you as the person who understands you know this world and uh it's it's great and i and yeah. i i I think there's not enough uh podcasters doing the kind of work you're doing right. and so i I'm super happy to see you out there. I think we need more podcasts talking I about fishes in the oceans and stuff yeah. so uh welcome,
2: well and that's not and know. that's why I started yeah. that's why I started right and and I just saw there's nobody talking about it, and I said. I, li- I started listening to podcasts and I just couldn't find the ones that, like I got sick of the ones that I was listening to. They're all out of business ones. Right. And I was like, hey. Hey, it's time to, it's time yeah. to talk about You could put so- the oceans on
0: fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to teach you everything you need to know to catch the ocean on fire.
2: That could be my new intro. Yeah, I think. you're welcome.
0: That's, <laughs> that's That's the classic business podcast everyone goes yeah, to, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: You got to make it exciting. It's business. You yeah. got you got to speak speak loudly and, and scream sometimes yeah. and say fire and you're good. Some
0: someday <laughs> that guy's going to listen to my show and go, "Why do you make fun of me? I never even know who you are." <laughs> I, I,
2: no, he's, I'm sure he's good with it. He yeah. just wants to see everybody succeed. He's making a bazillion
0: dollars. Yeah, that's fine. Uh-uh, he, that's, is. Um, he is. So this is really great. Um, so before we move on, I want to talk a little yep. bit about funding these podcasts. So,
2: yes, absolutely. Yeah,
0: it's really important. So just as as, as for listeners and, and people, people who have been the Fish for a long time, uh, our podcast is funded by our listeners through Patreon. Um, we do not have any advertising revenue, that is yet. Um, I'm not against it. I just we just haven't found the right the right advertisers yet. So right, right now, every dollar our show makes, we make from our listeners. And we just got some new donors on Patreon. So uh, listener name, and these they both of them have great names. Uh, Kevin Kupzik. And Caesar Yepez uh, both joined us today as new uh, Patreon donors. Uh, if you want to give money to the show, go to Patreon. Congratulations. Thanks. Go to patreon.com slash fishnerds. And we were asking all of our listeners to give us $1 per episode, $4 a month to keep our show going. And, uh, Andrew, my show is on life support right now. That's what I'm telling my listeners like if i'm Day. not if i'm not making enough money to cover all my costs by march the show's going to be an occasional podcast it's not going to be a weekly show I anymore see. because i've been going uh, you know at what? it for a long time and i yeah you know it's it's we're we're losing money we're le- we're leaking out here so
2: yeah you know what i and i understand that man i i, I do the same thing and um it's a lot of work it's not you know i like we were discussing before sort of the format of the show yeah. it takes a long time like you, you gotta you gotta gather you know some of the people that you want you know you gotta interview there's there's rescheduling you know there's doing it after hours and, right well how um, how
0: many times have you and i b- talked before actually getting the oh show man going?
2: <laughs> oh man we've talked i honestly it's been it's you know I, what we met in june and we've been talking about you know, yeah. hooking up for a show at some point, right. you know, um, it was Rhett Talbot actually who got us together by the yeah. way. Now, I just remembered that.
0: Rhett, that's, that's exactly right. Now Rhett, I yeah. know from yeah. Angler's Pint, I went to his, to his house. Right. And I interviewed right. him. He connected me with you and Richard Ross. you know Rich Ross?
2: Yes. Yes, and I, I do. I haven't
0: had Rich Ross in the show yet either, but he's willing to come on. Rich Ross is like nice. the cephalopod guy, like the he guy, is a, also yes. a juggler like me. So, uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I cut my teeth on juggling. And, and uh, anyway, so um, that's how we met. That's right. And now yeah. Rhett's, Rhett's a big conservation photographer and writer as well, and really good person. So, uh, so yeah, no, now he's amazing. I'm, I'm looking here. You, Andrew Lewin, have a, uh, have a Patreon page as well. You're making about I do. $36 a month.
2: I'm making thirty six dollars a month. Yeah, I have a Patreon page to do the same thing you do, man. Like it's, it's. I love podcasting. I love talking about the ocean, and the idea of what I, I want to do is, um, I want to. Cre- it's not just a podcast that I want that I want to continue with. Is I want to create a platform to raise awareness for marine science and conservation. Oh, so As I said before,
0: me. I want to pay for my equipment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah like you know I yeah I, I, I do too like that's when I first started I was like hey man like I want to pay just for my equipment just so I can do this you know and pay for the time that, that I allot to this because I do you know a lot and um, and and, and it's just I, I decided you know what this, I want to make this a business and because it's a community business you know I'm, I'm trying to build a community I thought you know who better to fund it than the community well, uh, or at least partly fund it yeah, yeah, and people love it and people want to hear more. I'm like, well, if you want to hear more, this is great because, you know, as as you know, to get advertising for podcasts is not easy. And the advertisers that are available to most podcasts don't fit the people who listen to our podcast. You know, uh, you know, people can donate to my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Ocean Andrew. Did oh, and, I uh, do it wrong? No, that's all right. I think you. I think you got it. Well, we'll we'll figure out after. I don't know. I just I
0: just donated three dollars to someone named Andrew Lewin.
2: I'll take it. Oh yeah. (laughs) So just (laughs) I I always
0: put my money where my mouth is. If I support someone, I'm going to put the money in the hat and and do it. So I have I've donated three dollar level. So I'll be a
2: named person. You will be a named person on the next one. And I'll tell you. I just donated to you while you were talking. Ah! (laughs) Dollars. For episodes, so, wow, yeah, we got it going. That's we're
0: great. actually sort of giving yeah, nothing. So... We're just trading the same dollars. <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're Although your money is Canadian, so it's a lot less. Right? Listen, it's the, here's the model: if if you think an hour of entertainment is worth a dollar, yeah, which, which is what I'm selling, yeah. put a dollar in the hat. You yeah, know, that's it. It's simple as that. Yeah, um, I agree. I have I have one person donating at the twenty five dollar level. I don't expect or want. Everyone doing that. I, I think the dollar is sustainable. You know, if yeah. you're doing four dollars a month, then you're going to do it for a long time and never hurt your bank. If you're doing at, at the uh, higher number, like hundred dollars a month, is is great. But how can you can't sustain that? Um, no. And unless you're getting something out of it, there's no return on that investment for you. No, exactly. So, well, in
2: the way yeah. I, the way I put it to my people is, is I say, hey, man, I'm like, you want to, you want to support conservation? You want to do something for the ocean? you help me raise awareness because that's mm-hmm. the best thing that you can do. Well, that's the first thing that you can do and you can just help me. And and, and people love that. People enjoy that.
0: Yeah, it's easy. And then, so the Fish Nerds are part of your platform now. You can you, you can love rely it. on us to help you. We are in the same team. Um, I'm sure but, there's things we'll disagree on eventually, but right now we're cool. So we have, we yeah. have, we have a Facebook page, Fish Nerds, uh, that has about right. 14,000 people who have hit the like button and said, I want to follow the Fish Nerds. And then Facebook oh, wow. said... I don't want to show 14,000 people Fish Nerds things, so I created a special group called the Fish Nerds Podcast. It's a Facebook group, right? which are not suppressed the same way business pages are, and I have about 500 people on there, and yep. I mentioned to them last week, I'll read you what I wrote. I said, tonight I'm recording a show with our friend from the north and fellow podcaster Andrew Lewin. Uh, we're going to talk about conservation fishing and whatever we want. What do you want to know about ocean conservation? And I'll put a link to your website. And yeah. we got people want to know stuff. Holy so cow. So I thought. It was Let's awesome. Let's unpack that stuff and make yeah. that what we talk about because um, our, it's, this, this show belongs to the audience. And so, right, right. So Rich to say, I have to say, yeah,
2: ahead, have to say before, sorry, before you go on, I have to say I spent about an hour and a half, two hours on that thread. Mm-hmm responding to people and and talking to people. And it was awesome. Yeah. I I wasn't sure what to expect.
0: He's a bunch of jerks.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I'll tell you, like I I was, you know, when you first said, I was like, oh, here we go. And then I heard, i like, I was like, oh, maybe we won't get that many comments. And then everybody's asking questions and you're just like the, and they weren't just like, basic questions they were in depth and i was like this is amazing and i just sat in there and i was like told my wife i'm like i'm gonna be busy for a couple of hours i gotta answer some questions and these yeah. were awesome yeah you know? my, we
0: have we have a uh, we have uh, our audience spans every kind of person from really smart people to really dumb and we like them all so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm gonna read uh and and we do we sincerely do we we, we have a lot of good discussions on this on this yeah. group and now you're part of it and you can jump in anytime. any time um, I'm not going to do Facebook theater tonight. Sometimes we'll do Facebook theater where we'll act out the different uh, words. Oh, are using, I love, I love but, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll just read them straight tonight. And you can Sounds uh, good. Uh, well, no, we'll do, it. we'll do Facebook theater, but you play your own part. You play the part of Andrew. Okay. Okay? And also, I And gotcha. I'll do the voices of our people. All right? Gotcha. So, love it. So first one up is Rich Collins, and um, yeah. he's actually a friend of mine I've been fishing with a lot this week. and okay, I got right a perfect imitation of him. I love it. Okay, and he's he's a little guy, and he's kind of green, all right? All right. All right. In all seriousness, I want to know why. Seems like anyone can get a license to rip the ocean apart, take what lives there naturally for profit, and benefit from what is realistically a shared resource. He's, he's like Yoda. See what I'm doing? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't sustain this. Uh, it's, a, no, it's, it, it's akin to harvesting timber in someone else's forest, but no one owns the ocean, right? So while I feel for commercial fishermen who can no longer work, I should rephrase it: who can work no longer, <laughs> what, what right do they have to overfish and kill everything? They trawl purely for profit. I don't mean this in a hostile way. I just can't figure out how the oceans become farms for profit. Yes. <laughs> so, uh,
2: I feel wiser. I feel wiser yeah, already. Of, uh, I feel like the lightsaber is going to come out of yeah. my pocket. And... That's actually how it <laughs> sounds. Uh, that's... Yeah, that's true. I can't wait to talk to him. He actually friended me after this uh, exchange, oh, so that was he's awesome. He's going
0: to unfriend me after this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, just be, you better be careful it's not uh, thin ice next time you that's guys are right, out, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that to answer that question, you know, it was, it was a great question because, uh, you know, it, it, there's there's a couple of parts to this question. There's the part of, you know, why are they fishing till there's no more, and then and then and then who has that right? You know, who owns the ocean? Mm-hmm. And and that's a, that's I mean that's a big thing. So you have you got to think from. Let's start with that. Every every country has an economic zone, an exclusive economic zone, and usually goes about 200 nautical miles out from shore. Uh, anywhere. And, um, so the U S has one, Canada has one. And actually it used to be, I've been told that Canada came up with, with what they, that's what they owned. So that's what they were responsible for. So you can't, you know, an American can't come in and fish in Canadian waters because that's our exclusive economic zone. So they have Mm -hmm. to have special permission and a license. Now it, it derived from, uh, from military use back in the day, uh, when they had cannons, and the what you owned was how far your cannon can reach. Really? Right? So, I'm getting yeah, a cannon. So can... This
0: is going to be awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm marking so my yard. It's different now. You're in different times now. Be careful. Uh, I wonder but if you buy a cannon.
0: I, I totally need one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everybody needs a cannon, yeah. right? you gotta defend, you got to defend just – that's under the Second Amendment for you guys, right? I, I don't think. I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, but yeah, so anyway, so going back to that, but that's what you know. That's what they own. So, like the U.S. and, and Canada are responsible for fishing, commercial fishing in their own respective, uh, exclusive economic no- zones. Now that gets divided up within the different levels of government. So the federal government goes out all the way to the two hundred nautical mile. I believe in the U.S. I think the state has it to nine nautical miles, and then the rest is federal. Yeah. And um, believe it or not, how does no-
0: a nautical mile compared to a me?
2: That doesn't help me at <laughs> all. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Um, does it have nautical miles on here? It does have nautical miles. So one nautical mile equals how many miles? So it's, okay, so one nautical mile is 1.15 miles.
0: That's good. Okay, I can work with that.
2: Okay, so that's according to my convert app, which I don't I don't question ever. Never, ever.
0: never question the conversion. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so yeah. So anyway, so so you've got that. So and a lot of times. You've got conflict between the different level of, levels of government because they have different rules in you know state compared to federal for mm-hmm. some reason. Um, so there's a bit of conflict in that respect and who owns what. But now, you know, some countries don't even know who like does the province or the state own this area or have have rule over this area and so forth. Um, and and f- and for instance, um, so as an example, uh, scalloped hammerhead sharks in the U- in Florida, mm-hmm. you cannot fish in state waters. However,
0: you can't, you can't can't take them out of the water.
2: Right. You can't take people
0: fish for them, but they don't land them.
2: Exactly. But some people will say, Hey, I got them. And then go out to federal waters and say now, okay, now I got them and then bring back. So, you know, there's that conflict there. It's like, how do you. How do you police that? How do you enforce that? Um, because of the two different rules, so it all depends on 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 the person fishing yep. or the charter boat fishing and and, and so forth. Well, it seems to me um, the so best
0: th- way to police that is just to have just to try and change people's cultural thought on it. Is just yes. yeah, yes,
2: yeah. and most and I'll tell you, most people fishing are pretty good.
0: Yep,
2: right. They're mostly like I would say, hopefully seventy to seventy five percent are pretty good. The rest, you know, some people just either they 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 don't know. Or they know they just don't care. But that's, that's a very low percentage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there's also no, no, don't care. There's cultural. Right. There are some yeah. cultures where you eat everything you catch. Yes, that's so there's true. There's not most Americans, but there are a lot of new Americans who... Yeah. Well, I don't know who's Americans. I don't know Canadians that well, but...
2: No, Canadians too. I mean, who, yeah. The
0: concept I'm of from releasing from- anything <laughs> is unheard of.
2: Yeah. you know, yeah. And it
0: takes a long time to grow out of those cultural norms. You know, Absolutely. a lot of those like um, South Pacific, you know, eight uh, countries and stuff.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people who have different, different cultures, different backgrounds, different thoughts on that. You have to deal with that. Plus, you have to deal with the different, the different zones, right? The mm-hmm. state and, and federal zones. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, you've got the why are they ripping the oceans apart? And that can be. You know it depends there are certain uh, in my in my experience, there are certain commercial operations um, such as like the big corporations that that own licenses mm-hmm. and that sell licenses to smaller fishermen, and the fishermen have to sell their fish that they catch at a certain price. Have you, you ever got the, played the Have you
0: played the uh, fish banks game no <clears throat> there's a game I learned in college called fish banks, and basically you're given the class gets broken up into different fishing fleets and they're given the rules and right. they have to negotiate the rules and get through this kind of game in the end no matter how you work the rules it's impossible not to overfish
2: right no matter how yeah. you work it it's just impossible
0: yeah. to stay in business and not overfish you can't do yeah it. Yeah.
2: yeah and it's difficult because you've got you know you got these these corporations that go out and they want to they want to make a profit right it's all about business they make mm-hmm. a profit they don't care about what, what's happening. But then you got the fishermen who are actually fishing, uh, who have been doing it for generations and generations, and they want to fish forever, right? They want their kids to fish and, 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 and so on. I fish and,
0: like my father before Exactly. My father before him, and I'm not going to change what I do.
2: <laughs> and they care. They care about the ocean because they're out there. Um, and they complain about the you know the current sort of system that they're in and they have to abide by because they lost all control and it mm-hmm. sucks. And um, so you know there there's there's that problem with that. Then there's a the problem of okay you got these corporations who are lobbying the government for more fishing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but so the government doesn't really want to. G- they have to deal with the lobbying. But then the government scientists are calculating the numbers and they're saying hold on a second. We're, we're we're dipping in numbers. We're not finding as many fish, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, well, hold on, like, you know, why is this happening? They figure out why overfishing and so forth, and quotas are too are are too low or too uh, too high, and you got to lower them. But then the lobby's like, we don't want to lower them. We've been fishing like this forever, so let's just keep doing it. The, the politics give in, the politicians give in, and that's what happened with the cod back in the early '90s in Newfoundland. You know, we had to, you know, there was a big moratorium, and that happened all along the Eastern Seaboard. Sea it didn't happen just in Canada. It
0: happened last Where, year here in, in New England.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. And and so now, and that's now it's more closely managed because we realize how, how sensitive that, that those populations are. And I remember, I, and I've been looking for this video on YouTube, but I can't find it, but I remember when I was, I was, I was like 13, 14, early 90s, and I remember watching it on TV here in Canada, like the fishermen going after the member of parliament, the federal member of parliament, because they wouldn't get, you know, they didn't say anything. And, uh, and it was, it was dangerous. Like they actually, they actually had to barricade himself in his office because they were so pissed because, you know, they never said anything. The, the scientists knew, you know, of course the politicians blame blamed on the scientists, but the scientists knew they have the data. I've seen the data and they knew about it and they didn't do anything. Right and and the scientists told the politicians, but t- politicians didn't know, didn't do anything. And the same thing is happening with the tuna, mm-hmm. the tuna industry. You know, if you've ever seen End of the Line, I recommend anybody seeing uh, End of the Line. Uh, it's it's narrated by Ted Danson. I think it was produced by Oceana, but they talk about the fishing industry, the long lining and 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 whatnot. And it's not just like the act of long lining that's that's terrible, which which it's not good because it has a lot of bycatch, but it's all about the politics of like the European Union. So like as an example, it's a great example. So one year, the scientists calculated what the quota should be. So it's like, okay, if you want the tuna fish population to survive and be sustainable, the, quote will, the, the quota will be, should be 15, no more than 15,000 tons. Okay, 15,000 tons. They go to the European Union politicians and say 15,000 tons. Right away, the, the politicians said, we're going to up that to 30,000 tons. Right, double it. Double it. Double it because then they'll be ha- the lobbyists will be happy. Yeah. And then they go into negotiations with the lobbyists. It's 60,000. Tons at the end of that, so four times what the, what the rate should have been to make it sustainable. Yeah. So what's going to happen with the tuna? They're going to be gone right. in four times as fast.
0: Well, and, the, and you, they, you have that happening, and then you also have to think about the people who are making a living. You know, it's it's right. not just the science; it's impacts people's yeah. like, can they absolutely. live their lives? And absolutely, are they? What are they going to stop fishing? Are they going to retrain? What are, I mean. These old people, <laughs> like our friend Cap, yeah. Sean's a tuna fisherman. Right, he can't. No one likes him. He can't do anything else. He's <laughs> yeah. he's gonna be a fisherman.
2: <laughs> exactly, yeah. and that's the thing, right? That's I like the danger. It. That's I like. It. <laughs> of I, course, yeah. and and that's the thing that happened in Newfoundland is is everybody it was a fishing province, mm-hmm. right? Most of the people were from generations of fishing, and they got all shut down. And what did they have to do? They had to go to the next thing that they could be trained for, mm-hmm. and that was oil and gas. Yeah,
0: which is and not now they good rely
2: either. on oil and gas, yeah. which is not good now because if you look at Canada, we're just an oil and gas country. And Toronto and, has and no tuna fishery. No, no <laughs> it's, <at> over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's over. It's
2: <laughs> over. <laughs>
0: you wrecked that one. Way to go. You we wrecked that one. Push. Yeah, <laughs> stupid lobbyist.
2: <laughs> 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 but you know, like it's 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 one of those things where you know you're you're ruining a society. You're ruining a, a tradition. Um, so it's not only just the you know one of the things. I went to a conference this this year at uh, International Marine Conservation Congress uh, in in Newfoundland, and you know one of the somebody told me you know it's like it's not conservation is not about managing the ocean. It's about managing the people who use the ocean, right? Of and not in, necessarily in a bad way. Like fishermen should not be vilified, right? They are making a living. Yeah. As as they were taught, they are using the ocean. Well, chances are they're pretty good with conservation because they know they've seen the fish go up and down. They oh, know yeah. when it's good, they know when it's bad. They may not know the reasons why they're not coming back. Uh, all of them. And that's where scientists and fishermen are now partnering. Right. Commercial should, fishermen, artisanal, they're they're partnering. It's like we've seen the light, Clay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you know we're just kind of like okay, let's you know. And, and they're doing it all over the world. Philippines, they've actually made uh, rotating a rotating marine protected area. In the Philippines, in parts of the Philippines, WWF went to work with with these artisanal fishermen that were catching fish and, and, and keeping that going. And so what they do is they rotate the MPA. So it's like, okay, this area is closed off, but area B and C, you can actually go and fish. And then, okay, after a while, let's close off A and let's close off B, and you can fish in C and A. And let's keep you know keep rotating that. And what happens? Is it it increases the fish production once that gets closed off for a bit, allows it to regroup. It's almost like you know when you have grazing cattle,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? You're not going to keep the cattle grazing on you know until the the grass is gone, but you'll have them grazing for a little bit. You'll move them over, and then that will grow back. That patch will grow back, and then once the other patch has gone down a little bit, you'll move them back over. And that's why they run so much right and and it's the same thing right when and we just don't see it we just haven't been able to see it because it's underwater right. and now we're you know now with the data that we have we're able to see it in the examples that we've been through and the hard times that we've gone through we're actually able to teach uh, fishing communities how to better manage the resource along with the science and this, and the fishing communities teach us how they've managed the resource and we pool that that knowledge together, and you make a sustainable fishery.
0: Yeah, well, I think also we need to separate uh, commercial fishing with recreational angling, too. Yeah, because I think these population crashes aren't happening because some guy with a fishing rod is killing everything. You right. Know, this this is happening through the bigger operations, the long line, the trawlers, that sort of thing.
2: A lot of times now now you got to be careful with targeting uh potential species at risk mm-hmm. uh, and and so say like the scallop hammerhead, for instance, mm-hmm. um doesn't do well even after after getting caught, even if you release it, the stress that it 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 goes through just in the fight uh can hard, can kill it
0: kill and that's fish, proven
2: yeah. in science. Yeah, and but hammerheads are, are especially sensitive to that, yeah. and so that's why a lot of times they had the protection. So Dr. Neil Hammerschlag's lab came out with that. <laughs> Is that his real name? <laughs> that's his real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What other job can uh, he have? Exactly, exactly. And he's Canadian, by the way. Ah, uh, but he's he's working at a University of Miami. He's got a great lab there. They've been on Shark Week and everything, and and um, and bringing back the science in Shark Week. And they came out with a paper, and that actually helped. Get the scalloped hammerhead shark on the state on the state endangered list and help protect them. Um, but that's what they noticed. They took they took blood samples uh, after the after they caught them and they noticed that they bl- they they were stressed out and and so a lot of times they say like if you catch a hammerhead. Uh, to leave the hook in because it'll eventually fall it'll rust out and fall out, because yeah. it just taking it out will actually hurt the more and and I mean because I don't fish, I didn't know this, but apparently some other fishermen didn't know that anyway, right and so not not some did, some didn't, but that education and that partnership as well with recreational fishermen scientists is is really important to communicate that in a in a helpful way, not a talking down way, but in a helpful way. Right? As a partnership, not as a as a lecturer to, to lecturee, right?
0: That's fair enough. Fair enough. Right, yeah. Let's move yeah. forward here because we got a lot right. to cover. All right. Yep. So, uh, Jeff Danaldson, who is actually our newest fishing correspondent, he is uh, he's, our, nice. he's a librarian from the Mid Continent Public Library.
2: Love it. Yeah, I
0: know. He's a fan of the show. Now he's part of the show. Uh, let's see. What did he say? He said, I and mean, this is exactly how his <laughs> voice sounds. He <laughs> All said, right climate change <laughs> and then you exclamation s- point yeah he meant it and then you yeah said, and i was yeah,
2: i was like is there any spe- anything specific jeff like how it affects fish and fishing or ocean acidification or other ways it affects the ocean
0: right and a lot of people don't know this but jeff danielson only speaks in two word sentences
2: <laughs> so, <laughs> it's very difficult to figure oh, out what he wants his writing is awful Are you try to read a book he wrote <laughs> it's
0: impossible to get through <laughs>
2: he can read books but writing them is completely different right, right? yeah <laughs> me right
0: <laughs> uh, and he said, uh, he said well I, I'm I'm Hopefully people know I'm joking. Um, (laughs) Of course. All right. So Jeff says, uh, well, I'm interested in how the populations will likely either move to water, that's their preferred temperature, or decline in range and numbers when there's nowhere else to go. That's bad for both ecological and economically. And yes, acidification is an overlooked aspect of climate change. It could be really bad for corals and shellfish because of changing water chemistry. His actual voice,
2: yeah, and I was like, "Yep, gotcha," because there was so much to you answer win, in that question. Jeff. Yeah, yeah, that was after like a couple of hours. Oh, is it the next morning? It was like eight thirty in the morning, yeah. and I'm like, "All right, gotcha. We'll cover that too." Yeah, <laughs> so well, it's like it's this is more of a talking point.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what we're looking for here with all these discussions. Like, yeah. I actually, if you notice, I didn't write anything in this.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Let's save it for the show. Yeah, yep. no, it was awesome. It yep. was great. Well, I think the reason why I went in to write it is because we delayed it by a week. So I was like, oh, I don't want to just kind of leave these guys hanging. Yeah, and uh, so I was like, oh, I'll, yeah, screw them. They'll just have to wait and listen. It's, it's anticipation. <laughs> they don't <laughs> um, mix
0: the show. They can get over it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i'm like surly to my
0: fans like you you, dick.
2: <laughs> you you want this to get mixed right away patreon me and i'll I, tell you how to do I, it I think,
0: <laughs> I think all these people are giving me money <laughs> yeah
2: okay, okay. Yeah. well now okay i got you got no excuse now yeah. <laughs> but no To, to answer i owe them question, a dollar <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, to, to answer to answer the question about shifting populations, and that's a big thing with climate change. That was one of the first things I ever learned as a biologist with climate change is that as waters get warmer, and they are getting warmer, right? We're not going to argue that. They are getting warmer. Animals have shifted in their distribution. It makes sense. Uh, case in point, there's a couple of cases, but case in point on the northeast coast, since you're on the northeast coast, uh, the cod in – Main area, right? Gulf of Maine and whatnot, mm-hmm. are not doing as well as the cod. or not recovering as well as the cod in Newfoundland. Makes sense. And it's because the the waters in in the Gulf of Maine and in that area in New England are warming up, and so in in so much so that you're seeing shifts in animals and fish coming from the south. So I think it was like the black sea bass, mm-hmm. sea bass mm-hmm. coming in mm-hmm. and moving in and competing for that, and the and the cod are actually shifting north. So the cod are moving more into Canada and and less into, into the northeast, which is disrupting a cod fishery, yeah. which is like a very, very well-established cod fishery. Wow. You know, And people are waiting for those numbers to come up so they can start fishing again, and now they're not there because of warming oceans. So you get that shift, right? Well, we're we're that's seeing that's the cod
0: moving up. We're seeing the sea bass coming in. We're seeing triggerfish. We're starting out. to see on the Cape, they're starting to see lionfish. I mean, this is yeah. real deal warming waters.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's, it's scary. It's scary in a certain way, but we have to adapt to that and we're going to have to adapt sort of our, our fisheries um, management to that as well. So open up new fisheries in certain areas that have never been opened. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to that's has a lot of that becomes complex when you manage fisheries, you know, along a coast because. Yeah. You know, you're not allowed to there's – no, there's no license to, to get sea bass up in Maine, right? Right. So, now, so how, do you, how do you change that and, and how do you change it quickly so that the fishermen can still provide for their families, Well, right? you,
0: you change that. You also have to, to change the culture of the people who are buying the fish. Yes. Because yes. if your whole life you've only eaten, you know, cod or whatever white fish you happen to be into – and someone yep. tries to convince you that spiny dogfish is the new thing, um, you're going to have a hard time with that, yes. even yep. though it's just as delicious. <laughs> you just have a hard yeah. time con- you know, changing your mind. Okay, what is sustainable look like? and Do I want yep. to eat sustainably, or do I want to eat fish I know? Um, but I, from what I know about most New England fishermen, uh, fish eaters, is they don't like fish that taste like fish.
2: Yes, you know. that's true. <laughs> and you know, you know what's funny is like you, you mentioned that and, and marketing is like the biggest thing in fisheries because you got to market a fish so that people will find it palatable. That's true. Right? Yeah. So one one example is the Chilean sea bass.
0: Yes, it's, it's Patagonia toothfish.
2: Yeah, there's no such thing as a Chilean sea bass, but it sounds tasty, right? But a Patagonian toothfish, and when you look at a Patagonian toothfish, it's ugly. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to eat something that looks ugly. You want to eat something that sounds great. And because you don't see the fish, you just see the filet, you can call it whatever you want, and people will eat it. Well, well,
0: there's actually regulation on what you can call fish, too. So you can't just make stuff up. There's a restaurant in Portsmouth, New Hampshire that serves only sustainable seafood. Gotcha. And they like to serve bycatch and whatever else. And so they did an experiment at a seafood festival where they were serving – they had three types of fish. It was all cooked exactly the same way, and one was called – one was dogfish, and one was um, cape shark. and had another name for it. Um, And they had a taste test. And people liked the cape shark way better than the dogfish. And in the end, they were all exactly the same food
2: same thing vi- yeah
0: no variation whatsoever amazing it's amazing, eh? amazing. you gotta name it you gotta brand it like hell
2: yeah you know? it, is, it is a big marketing thing and and that's what um yeah so that that goes into that play that climate change plan and making sure that people will like it traditionally they've been eating cod in that area and now they gotta to switch their their palate to something else and, and you gotta go back some people made years
0: it. of cod eating i mean it's hundreds of years of this too yeah it's not gonna happen first. yeah
2: oh yeah. for sure This is where you can dump a bucket in the water and catch and fill it up and no problem, right? Right, So um, another quick example that's not fisheries related, well, kind of fisheries related, is the uh, sea lions in California. Uh, For the past two years, especially during the El Nino seasons, um, sea lions were coming up, were washing ashore either dead or basically malnutrition because their fish had gone north Mm -hmm. uh, into cooler waters because it was such warm waters. Uh, but they weren't shifting along with that, so that was a big, you know, from a from a marine mammal management uh, point. That was a big problem, and the marine mammal center that that cares for the for malnutrition sea lions and and marine mammals and, and hurt marine mammals, they had to they were full they were full up, and mm-hmm. same thing was happening with sea turtles down south, uh, you know, in Florida. I think there was eighty at one point that washed up. And they got it they had to be t- i think they were all of Ridley, I think or green I'm not sure I don't remember the exact story, but they had to be taken care of and they were re- later released because of you know they had these e turtle stranding networks, but without that you know they would have been they would have been uh, out of luck so we're seeing a lot of, of, of um, shifting in species distribution from fish that are normally in specific areas that we know very well. And, uh, and, you're, and it's, it's very different. It, it, it becomes a big change for, for management. It becomes a big change for uh, fishing communities. They have to change their ways. They have to adapt. And you can't adapt unless you monitor what's going out there and, and what's shifting. And that's difficult in itself. Science monitoring is, is expensive. Uh, and it's difficult. And now they're working with fishing communities and fishing fleets to actually monitor what they're catching and what's what's being seen. And, and it helps in the data and helps in the management, which eventually helps in the socioeconomic aspect of, of these yeah, communities. It,
0: it's, it's a little slow for a lot of the communities uh, to get. For sure. Point. And the other problem is, is people have distrust in science because they, they forget that the point of scientists, scientists like being wrong. And so, right, and right. and they think, well, if you're gonna, you know, if you're not right every time, then therefore you're wrong all the time. <laughs>
2: they don't trust scientists
0: because scientists are constantly going. Here's what we know to be true today, and that tomorrow, yeah, new fact, we're wrong. Yeah, here's a new true thing, and people take that as scientists don't know shit. You know, it's
2: true. You know, it's it's, and that's its thing. You know, one of the things that I I find, you know, it, it, I find interesting when, especially when you work with like engineers. And and like physical scientists, like um, uh, like people in physics and chemistry, it's an exact science, mm-hmm. right? Like engineers, oh, you want to know what yeah. at the end of the pipe. Yeah, it's it's math. We do, do an equation, and that's what you're going to get at the end of the pipe. You know, if you want nitrates down, that's what what number you tell me. The number, I'll get it down. Mm-hmm. But with biology and ecology, it's very different. You know, yes, there's some uncertainty now. Most of the time, we can explain it pretty well, but things shift, things change. And sometimes you just – it's hard to explain something if you don't have the right data or you're right unsure data. of something. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, even yeah. with the right
0: data is hard. So let's, yeah. move, let's move forward here because we got a lot. For
2: sure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So I, I talk a lot, so I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're to move
0: faster now. Okay. You ready? Speed, okay. Speed router. We're not going to get through all this stuff. All right. All right. All right. Sounds good. All right. Ryan Dubay has been with Fish Nerd since we first started. Uh, okay. He's from Maine. Uh, yeah. And he says <clears> – <throat> hang on a second. Um, I would like to hear more about the scientists who look at the study of fish populations for commercial fishing. If we have paid these guys for years to protect the fish populations and keep them sustainable, then why all of a sudden do they choose a fishery like the cod fishery in the Gulf of Maine? Is this a failure of their part, or does it have to do with the politicians or not taking advice from the scientists? I've heard both sides of the coin, but never a definitive answer answer oh my god there's like 30 some odd replies on this
2: <laughs> it's it's crazy we went we went nuts yeah, we went nuts I, on this and 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 other people joined in and um
0: let, let me go the, fast through where this went and then you can pick it up. yeah okay. sure sure that sounds so true. rich collins says and you never will and ryan dubai says well i know in alaska guys at ufaf give a range they say like You can take between one and three million pounds and the politicians who make the laws always go with the biggest, highest possible number. That is a type of info that I find useful. And then Rich says, uh, you can hire someone to argue the other side. Look at climate change. We all know you can't believe a fisherman. (laughs) And then Ryan says, or a politician. I'm going to stop doing voices now because I want to get through this. Rich says, uh, I'm going to guess you have your answer on that one. This is they're They're not agreeing. Um, they have not fished one together. of the one of
2: the key things that that rich said though at the end is like but who said you could believe a scientist
0: yes he did that, that
2: i find interesting that yeah. i find interesting oh, he did go say ahead that.
0: no that's cool you're making note there john j murphy i think he's from new Hampshire. Uh, he was gonna ask the same questions. Seems like the commercial guys who see things day to day and what the scientists say are two different things. I think you answered all this stuff for your last diatribe you just were on. Yeah, I do. Yeah. The qu- um I do that. Ryan says uh, the question, the need to close the fishery. How oh, he questions the need to close the fishery. What he wants to know is why it got to that point. If we have scientists, so he's really pissed off that the scientists didn't stop it before. It got that far. Rich now defending the scientists. No one yeah. listens to the biologists and scientists. They have no power. And here's you being nice. Great question, <laughs> guys. can we just <laughs> hug and get along? <laughs> I'll let you take it over from here. Yeah,
2: well, this is from a scientist's point of view because you're just uh, like – I'm just at the end. It's like no one listens to the biologists and the scientists. They have no power. And that's true. Yeah. Um, th- we, d- we work up the data. We work up the data, and I talked about with the cod fishing fishery. We worked up the data. There were trawl fisheries that were done um, from the 70s on uh, into the well into the 90s. It still gets done. Uh, they they do a, a what they call a creel survey every summer and one and every I think it's every second winter. I don't know if that program is still going on though. Um, but it is pretty much almost like an annual thing, and so they know what's out there and they know what's going up. They know what's going down. And, you know, especially with cod, halibut, haddock, that's the focus on commercial fisheries. So they knew what was happening and the politicians didn't listen. It's the same thing with the tuna fishery. Mm -hmm. They know what's happening, but the politicians aren't listening because they're listening to the lobbyists. They get pressure from both sides. Well, they're listening to the lobbyists
0: and the fishermen who want to make the money. And so it doesn't pay to listen to the scientists. And then what happens is everything crashes and they go, why didn't you listen to the scientists?
2: It's because the scientists don't have voting power.
0: They don't have the power. So That's right. They don't have the voting power, right?
2: When it comes to politicians, that's what it comes to. Um, And 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 this is not all politicians, right? This is you know. But
0: (laughs) I'm gonna be I'm gonna be
2: friendly again. You know, every single one one of them, right? Yep,
0: bunch of jerks.
2: But, you know, what's interesting, though, speaking of which, is um, I I interviewed a guy uh, actually in in New Hampshire or New England, uh, Rob Moyer. Have you ever had him on the show? You should have him on the show. Um, He's really good, like um, grassroots kind of thing. Make (laughs) a note. Make a note. The River Institute. The River Institute. He's really great. I had him on the show. He talks to politicians all the time. And I asked him. I said, you know, like behind the scenes, I was like, "What's up with the Republicans and not liking the environment, man? Like, what's going on?" And he's like, "Actually, that's not that's not true." Mm-hmm. And he says, "A lot of Republicans. The, in fact, this, the the Atlantic Marine Monument that Obama put together or or declared was put was started with the Republican Party because there was a Republican." of that state sure uh, as a senator and he went to that person and it's not necessarily the individual the individual wanted to um put it together because it was his his state and he knew the fishing community would would like it, it would be best for the fishing community and if he worked with it it would work well he had to run it upstairs to the whole party you know you got to tow the party line and, and that went through um it's 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 a delicate situation when you deal with politicians but a lot of times he was saying it's just build relationships so what he does is he gather he he says okay we're going to put we want to put a marine monument in this area because of this tell me your st-. he goes to his his constituency he's got like 40,000 people on his email list and he says tell me your story about this area why you love it so much and it's everybody it's fishermen it's scuba divers it's sailors everything they give him the stories. He takes it into. He prints them off and he takes them over to Washington D.C. and he goes to visit that center and he gives him this book. He goes, take this, read through it. Here are the points on the top. Take it to your boss. You let me know what you want to do with it. And then he goes, how's your son? Uh-huh. How's how's life? And they build a relationship. He's been doing it for years and he's been be successful at it because he knows I know what he can do. I know he's only. That person can only do so much or she can only do so much. I give it to them and then I just build a relationship not to pressure them, not to yell at them, just to say, hey, how's it going? Well, you when know? it comes and, down
0: to it, um, everyone's has so much in com- more in common than they do not. And, it, and Exactly. You build a relationship, you get further along. Now, we're not going to push through this yeah. discussion anymore. No, no, no,
2: no, for sure because I think we've covered a lot of we've, it. we have covered the thing,
0: everything uh, on this, but you yeah. want to close it out with yeah, – make a point.
2: Yeah, just so, like <laughs> – Make you know, your the point, Andrew. Is, God make my sake, point. Got to make it. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing, the thing is, is you just gotta. There's not a lot of trust in scientists these days because of the way people have, have really twisted what they've done. It's not an exact science, but a lot of the times we're right. We work off of data, we work off of statistics, and we're our own critics. And it goes through a really big process to make sure that it gets the this, this science is good science to be published. Right. And a lot of times we're right. Listen to the science. Trust the scientists. It'll work. Right. Be critical for sure, but trust the scientists.
0: Well, it's, it's you get. It's almost it's insulting when you say people commit. You know, data is always being manipulated and all that. And you're like, well, right. no, it's being read. It's being
2: exactly. You know. And so, yeah, and there's that there's that dynamic. You know, the fishing community and the scientist community is is coming together. We're coming together and we're working and we're a powerful duo. And uh, and it's and it's working out pretty well.
0: And that's how it should be. Uh, yeah. So, hey, thanks to all the people who contributed to this conversation. Sorry, we couldn't include everyone. Uh, I'll just name a few names who mentioned who got who participated. I won't read all their quotes, though. Uh, Mike Steffen from UNH was in the conversation. Uh, Michael Crooker from uh, New Hampshire. Carl Hayes from Philadelphia. Of course, Andrew, you're here. Uh, yeah. uh, let's see more Carl Hayes. Oh, the amazing James from California is in here. Jeff Donaldson again. I mean, this is just this was one of our most robust uh, conversations we've ever had.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what Clay is. If anybody uh, wants to ask questions as they're listening to this episode, tag me in a post in your group. I'll come in and I'll I'll answer it. Excellent. I might just hang out there anyway to learn more about fishing, but yeah. uh, you know, just I will be more than happy to to answer it.
0: Well, the one thing about our group is our group is not just about fishing. It's about all yeah. things fish. And so we're people on that on that group want to talk about all things fish. They're not Yeah. it's not just fishing, which is which is fun for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, hey, we're going to do some Fish in the News. Uh, one Let's of our, do it. Uh, one of our favorite segments in the last segment of the love show. It. Fish in the News. Uh, Fish in the News is my favorite. Do you love Fish in the News? You must. Hey,
2: I love it. You I love must. it. As soon as I see it, yeah, I get a smile on my face.
0: Right, and you gave me some good links for some new <laughs> news sites that might be more serious than what I'm finding. Oh, yeah. Um, fun. All right, this is from the UPI uh, News Network. I've never heard of them before, but Top World News <laughs> This is uh, fresh stuff. Uh, fish linked North Koreans' guards' diarrhea, declining <laughs> in value. Uh, wait a minute. Fish this linked is the
2: greatest North story Korean ever.
0: Guards' diarrhea declining in value. I, that headline alone is a lot to unpack. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: and and the funny thing is, it's got like Kim Jong Un's like face, like big fat face, like, sitting right there and you're, and you're wondering, happy. like, does he have diarrhea now of or after? I, <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, the price of a type of fish that may have been the cause for diarrhea outbreak among North Korean border guards is taking a dive according to the sources in the country. Prices are plunging because of rumors that leader Kim Jong Un is excited, expected to give out Japanese sandfish as gifts to the people of the occasions of his birthday. Uh, Radio Free Asia report on Wednesday, it would not be the first time North Korean leader has given the commercially important fish at, at a state-sanctioned present, as a state-sanctioned present. In December, a diarrhea outbreak in North Korean soldiers, uh, cynically described as a gift from Kim Jong-un, was likely <laughs> caused by a free supply of spoiled Japanese sandfish, sources have said. Uh, Kim Jong- Kim's birthday was on <laughs> January 8th, but already prices of the fish have decreased dramatically according to the RFA. So, you know, if you want cheap fish this time of year, yeah. th- the deal is the uh, Japanese sandfish is the way to go.
2: <laughs> and, and apparently and apparently, King Jong-un is going to give it to you, like hand it right to you. And it's like, this is how I repay my people. They'll pay me money. I'll be rich. You'll be poor. And now I'm going to give you diarrhea.
0: Well, it's, I mean, <laughs> th- now they're all poor. They can afford the fish that's on sale. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I'm just trying to. Maybe imagine. that's what he's
2: doing. Yeah. maybe that's what he's doing. I mean, like that's, that's. I mean, that's. I mean, it's a funny story. Yeah. When you think about it, but when you really think about it, you're like, God damn, that season. sucks. Yeah. Right well, from your own leader, your fearless leader is giving you diarrhea of fish.
0: Now imagine, so you're a border. Con- these are these are border guards who all got sick. Yeah. Like, so they're staying on the border, and someone's trying to negotiate crossing. And they're doing that little dance
2: you do. They're, they're doing that, yeah.
0: And they're like, they're like, uh oh, I got a turtle head, uh oh, and then like tried so hard, and then they have to go home and explain to their wives why they sharted. Yeah, and yeah. It's not me. Yeah. It was Kim Jong. It was Kim who sharted <laughs> my pants. Uh, so and and
2: and, that, and then and, and then you probably get arrested for talking bad about King John, right? Right. You can't talk bad about him, but he's giving you this fish. That's giving you the runs. Yeah. And then you may have let a terrorist go by for all you know because you just had to get out of there Uh, i mean it's a it's a terrible situation all around like that's just (laughs) it's just nasty (laughs) welcome to north korea we got border crossing guards but then you wonder too like south korea had their opportunity to invade you know instead of worrying about north korea invading them why don't they invade them by just giving giving him the sandfish
0: because would you want to go to a country where everyone has diarrhea?
2: <laughs> no, I wouldn't no, want to. Get it. No, no, That's the
0: best border patrol ever. <laughs> it's ah, true. We're going <laughs> to we're going to invade North Korea. Wait a minute. You guys smell Wait out. a minute. They Never have... mind. No, nope, we don't Never want room. We're good. It. Thank yep, you. Thank you. Yeah, we like we like we like things where they are. All right.
2: we love slate?
0: Yeah, and uh <laughs> introducing the Trump fish, Iraqis Kurdistan's first Donald Trump themed restaurant. This is a real thing.
2: I can't believe this is a real thing.
0: I can believe it. I was hoping Yeah, and now now if I was gonna pick a fish for Trump, I probably would not pick the carp.
2: Really? What would you pick?
0: I don't know, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go for something Asian. (laughs) Um I just wouldn't. I, I don't think it matches. I see that. I, I never made that collection, but I see that. Because uh, I think China, you know, I don't think it matches. As, well, maybe I would now that I say it out loud.
2: You know what's interesting, though? You know, Asian carp are invasive in the States. Mm-hmm. So they're using carp as as the symbol for Donald Trump being invasive in Iraq?
0: Maybe. Uh, Is there? I'll,
2: could it be that deep?
0: It, no. Uh, Not likely. Now, the other thing, too, we're going to be corrected, too, because any fish nerd fans is going to look at this website and go, "Uh, that's a common carp, not an Asian carp. I know
2: it's a common carp, but it was just nice to make that. that, I know.
0: It was a good try. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) a a Donald Trump-themed restaurant, one that's not owned by the president-elect himself, just opened in the heart of Iraqi Kurdistan called Trump Fish. Its specialty is carp, which comes grilled or fried. I think I would go with tinned fish. I would Yeah. Anything can. Something that that would just never go away. Uh, I... <laughs> local businessman Nadir Zawadi picked the name after hearing Trump's promise to arm Kurdish forces to help defeat ISIS. He told CNN. So pretty. In this case, it's a tribute. It's this. This is a. This guy's a fan. Um, yeah. Yeah. As Atlas Obscura points out, oh, that must be a newspaper. Um, Zawadi stole the cartoon logo of Trump's face from a 2015 Uproxx story, which mocked Trump's failure to own an NFL franchise. <laughs> so the logo. I just noticed that. Yeah. Uh, now, it's funny because I, one of the things uh, with all that, no matter what's going on in the politics of Trump and all that stuff. And, yeah, is, yeah. And I may disagree with him on a lot of things. I don't right, make fun right. of how he looks because, okay. because uh, the way I look. Uh, <laughs> okay. I got you I got you Yeah, I think
2: you got him beat though uh, I think you got him beat yeah maybe
0: uh, the, the restaurant is likely <laughs> the first one that includes Trump in its logo but was not launched or licensed by the president elect Trump has six of his own restaurants in Chicago in New York City uh, Waikiki, and Vegas so why he said that he dreams of opening another Trump fish location near the White House someday if tri- Trump invites him I hope he does
2: you know, he'll probably be like, that's the best-looking fish I've ever seen. Yeah. That's a good-looking fish. That's what he's <laughs> going to say. That's
0: the biggest fish ever. The <laughs> biggest. fish. For ever. a joint that pays homage or perhaps pokes fun at the president-elect, the fish-centric menu may be fitting, considering Trump has previously admitted he is a fan of McDonald's fish delight sandwiches.
2: Mm. Yeah. So
0: that's the Donald that's Trump a, fish. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, yeah. Now, have you eaten carp?
2: I have. I have had carp. Yeah. Do I don't mind it. It's, it's I don't mind. Totally it. food. Yeah, it's it's you know it's interesting. I had it actually at a at a, an Asian restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like traditional Asian. So what they do is they actually just they put the the entire fish out, you know, head and tail. They don't. It's not a fillet or anything. Um, yeah. And so you and even the scales, and you just gotta like pick through it. So you know. Like it has such many little bones, it was a bit of a pain to, to go through, but um, wasn't that? It was tasty.
0: Yeah, so I was I went on a quest to catch and eat every kind of freshwater fish in New Hampshire, and we ate common carp and we made gefilte fish, and it tastes like fish meatloaf. So, totally oh yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think that's what like carp would be good for mm-hmm. is to put it in something like that, like mm-hmm. a, a meat bowl, or a, say like a casserole, like a, a yeah. fish casserole, Grind like it up. That's the way to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, still, yeah, and it still provides you with the nutrients you need, like from fish. So, yeah, I just, I love, I just noticed it when you said the San Diego Chargers, like, when I was reading it at the same time. I noticed that the hair is a bolt, a Chargers bolt, Let's and see. then even the eyebrows are Chargers bolts. Oh, you're totally and- right. Yeah, and I just noticed that, and I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "That they went completely San Diego Chargers," and yeah. I love that. That's yeah, great. and especially with the in the new like, how recent is this? Is this January fourth? So this is January fourth, and, and then the Chargers just moved to LA. It's it's perfect. It's like you've got the Chargers news, so it's going to hit, you know, your your SEO on the Chargers, and it's going to hit the the whole Iraq thing, national security. See what I did? But I love it. I love it. You just connect everything. I but don't I know what I you're wonder about, though. well google's gonna love this i'll just say um but but i you know is it is it smart for like a restaurant that's you know pro trump who like who wants to arm kurds to fight isis is it smart to put trump on your logo on your store when isis is trying to creep in well, it does not. Park.
0: Yes, it is because he's got lightning bolt hair and eyes. Oh, right, right, and that right. That will strike fear into these guys. So that's right. It's that's a very superstitious bunch.
2: I so wonder if King King Jung Un does the same thing with his think, hair. Of course he does. Everyone.
0: If I had hair on top of my head, I would do that. <laughs> yeah. so, love it yeah all right so one more news actually we're going to cut this one short because we actually covered it okay. in your discussion earlier but this is from new york times fish seek cooler waters leaving some fishermen's nets empty yeah. and yep. uh, this whole article will be up on our website Uh but it actually illustrates the point you made earlier uh, about uh, the fish leaving the cold water i mean leaving the warm water for the
2: cold so yeah i mean that and that's what's going to happen i mean we're just going to keep we keep we're seeing it now (laughs) we've obviously seen it and it's affecting the economy right now um and this will be interesting to see how uh the new administration deals with this um you know being sort of the climate change deniers but they have to they have like this is happening whether you say it's climate change or not say you don't want to fight climate change you got to figure out how to adapt to this uh, and tell the people why this is happening. Well, here's my so, here's my here's,
0: here's my advice on this whole thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, politicians are are toddlers. Yes. And and they're going to react to things however toddlers react to things. So what you want to do is you want to encourage them in a positive direction. So if Donald Trump says something as even if it's off the cuff and it's not what he's yeah. been saying all along, but it's in the right direction, yeah, tweet at him. Hey, yes. Nice move, Donald Trump. I'm so glad that you know that you blah 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 blah. Reward the positive, ignore the negative. We're too busy beating up on this guy.
2: I agree. And we need to
0: focus on. Okay, did he do anything right? Let's get there. Yeah. Do we agree with anything he says? Let's focus there. Put that energy there. Reward the positive behavior.
2: Yeah. You know. But well, we're you know what's interesting is I did at
0: him and it's not going to help anything. It's not
2: going to help, and and I I just I just, uh, I just uh, tackled this in my podcast on Monday about Donald Trump and how he's you know he's coming into power and you know, all what on friday yeah and uh my birthday and he was on your birthday oh yeah. happy birthday i hope he uh, tweets at me <laughs> uh and and you know, there's probably a likely he, he would but <laughs> i i tackled i said look you know why are we and it was off an article at the huffington post by dr ellen prager and she and tom dixon but they basically said you know we shouldn't beat up on climate like talk to him about climate change like f- let's forget the word for now let's forget that it term move it over yeah. to the side it's just that's just that's just jargon right now let's talk to him about national security the economy and human health okay. and how the oceans play a role in that okay. and how that can be affected right or how that's being affected right now uh-huh. uh you talk about economy we just covered in this article you know fishermen are not catching the same fish that they're allowed to fish uh so what are we going to do about it how are we going to adapt yeah. to that you know, so, are there enough fish coming up from the from the south to do it? I don't know. You know, that's what we got to figure out. Right. So that's and, what you got to do. And so
0: if he if he does something that moves in the right direction,
2: yeah, you got rather create, than saying,
0: "Donald Trump, you're a hypocrite." Say, "Hey, nice job." Yep. Let's keep yep. doing that kind of stuff. Let's reward yep. the positive behavior. Don't beat people up when they do the exactly. right thing, even if they're wrong all the time. The and 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 I agree. Yeah.
2: And and take take the note out of Rob Moore's. Book where you, you you build relationships with other Republicans in the House mm-hmm. and in the Senate and build those relationships and and so that when you come at them with something they're gonna like it they're yeah. gonna be like oh okay well maybe I'll take that into account like you you've been nice to me you're not coming to attack sure. me and and uh, and yeah and and yeah I I think yeah. I think it'll I think if people work that way which I think will happen it has and to. I think it's already happening yeah, it has to it yeah, it, yeah you just got to adapt it unfortunately. To try and reduce climate change over the next four years is going to be a lot more difficult, and you still have to pressure them about that. Mm-hmm. But that's going to be just a—it's going to be more yes. difficult with the way the administration's moving.
0: Right, and you're going to need to choose your language. I think I think yes. coming out just, very carefully. You want to you want to you want to rephrase a lot of thoughts, but. You know, I, I'm a big fan of uh, of not of, of people questioning stuff and of, yeah. of, of being, you know, being a skeptic is really good, but, but be a skeptic, but when you have evidence in front of you, then look at the evidence and say, okay, well, there's evidence Absolutely. that shows me something, so then you have to trust the science at some point. So, hey, exactly. we're out of time.
2: Yes. I'm I'm sorry I took up so much time. How
0: dare you? This is our (laughs) longest show in the history of the show. I do
2: talk a lot, according to my wife.
0: Well, that's why you make a podcast. Exactly. (laughs) My wife no longer has to listen to me talk about
2: fish.
0: That's true. In front of you, there's a script. So that's it. You've listened to a couple of fish nerds when you could have been fishing. (laughs)
2: I <laughs> love it. We'd, uh, we'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on Fishing quests, and do all sorts of silly things that nerds do. If you would like to support Fish Nerds, you can go to patreon.com and search for Fish Nerds and help us crowdfund this podcast.
0: And while you're there, give give Andrew a dollar, too. Uh, special thanks to Andrew Lewin from Speak Is it Speak Up with the Blue? Speak Up
2: for Blue. Speak Speak Up up. for the Blue
0: podcast. Get it wherever you get your podcasts from.
2: Which is iTunes iTunes. a lot of times. iTunes. Yep, yep. And uh, and until next time, follow the code for the Fish Nerds. Spawn early and often.
0: Avoid free lunches with strings attached.
2: And swim against the current every chance you get.
0: And that's it. That's a wrap. We did it.
2: Love, I love that outro. That's awesome.
0: Oh yeah, we're we, getting evolved over time, and we'll never change it now. So. <laughs> the code of the fish nerds. All right, love it. I, I told them I have a, we have a group called the F and West, the Fish Nerds West. All right. The two guys out there, the amazing James and Fish Guy Josh, who have the pattern to do, uh, to do a whole show. I'd love to have them just once in a while, just do a whole show without me. Oh, yeah. And we're oh yeah, there. yeah yeah. We're, I see we're getting that. there. Yeah.
2: I love it. Yeah. I love it. So all right, man. Watch we'll talk. Yeah, for sure, man. Have a good night.
0: All right, you too. See you.
2: See you next time.